for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to another living life. Uh, I grew up in a very Korean household, a very traditional Korean household, uh, even though I grew up here in the United States. And because of that, I'm very familiar with Korean culture, uh, especially Korean superstitions. Uh, I don't actually think my family really believed in them, uh, but it was something that I heard just growing up. Uh, for example, I was not allowed to whistle in the dark. They said like a ghost would come and find me. I was not allowed to leave my shoes outside after I you know, took them off. I think it was once again, like ghosts would come and I guess they'll notice that I'm home or something. Uh, I wasn't allowed to cut my nails at night as well. Uh, once again, because ghosts could come and find me, I guess, according to my nail pieces. Notice a pattern here. There's like definitely a pattern here. Uh, you know, looking at it now, I think it was just a way for my parents to try to control me a little bit. Uh, they wanted to keep me quiet at night, make sure that I come home early so I'm not leaving my shoes outdoors. It was just another way to just, you know, kind of control me without actually telling me so. Uh, it might not be these superstitions, right? Uh, but if we actually truly believe in something, uh, we tend to give power to it. Uh, there are many things in this world that we give power to unknowingly often or too much without actually realizing it. And often we're so immersed in it, we may not even realize that we're actually doing it, uh, giving power to these types of beliefs, uh, whether it's wealth, whether it's job security or relationships or whatever it may be. But if you take a step back and we look at it, we could actually notice how foolish it is that we're actually giving our thoughts, our beliefs to these things, uh, just like following those Korean superstitions. You know, today we're going to be exploring two new plagues in the Exodus saga. Uh, but while we're looking at these two things, let us go back and just be able to reflect on the status of our own beliefs. You know, what are we actually believing in? And who are we actually believing in, and to what are we giving power to? Uh, with that in mind, let's all read today's passage together. Exodus chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go, so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on your horses, donkeys, and camels, and on your cattle, sheep, and goats. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt, so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a time and said, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the next day the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Pharaoh investigated and found that not even one of the animals of the Israelites had died. Yet his heart was unyielding and would not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, 
take handfuls of soot from a furnace and have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, and festering boils will break out on people and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from a furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it into the air, and festering boils broke out on people and animals. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said to Moses. In today's passage, we're introduced to two more plagues within this saga. We have numbers five and six. Uh, number five was a plague on the livestock. Uh, it says on the horses, donkeys, camels, on the cattle, uh, sheep, and goats. Uh, you know what? We don't own any livestock, or at least I don't. I'm sure many people actually out there do own livestock. Uh, but I think it would be pretty devastating if we had a plague come and affect the animals in our house. Uh, once again, though, in today's passage, we see God making a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. The Egyptian livestock, they're all affected. Every one of them comes down to the plague. But none, not one of the Israelites' animals are touched. Uh, this is to show that all of this, this is not random. This is not chance. God says it will be done, and then it's actually done, and therefore no one can argue against him. And that is why he clearly makes a distinction between the Egyptians and his own chosen people. And once again, telling us what we should all know, that God is real, that God is truly real. I think I need to say that one more time. God is real. You know, we believe in God. We say that we believe in God, but do we actually live our lives knowing that God is real and active in our lives? And if I ask you, do you believe in God? I guarantee you most people will say yes. Do you believe that he has the power to do everything that he says and that he will actually do all of that? Or... Do we believe him out of habit or out of some false sense of security? You know, do you actually believe that the God of creation is in charge, not only of your life, but this whole world, this whole universe? It means if you do believe that, we do need to make a choice on where we stand. Are we going to stand with the Egyptians or are we going to stand with God's chosen people? The scripture tells us that we can't serve two masters. Either we belong to the world, all of it, or we belong to God, all of ourselves as well. I pray that everyone here today, that they're able to look at today's passage and be able to stand all together with the people of God. It goes on in verse 8. It said that the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take handfuls of soot from the furnace and have Moses tossed it in the air in the presence of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, and festering boils will break out on people and animals throughout the land. This is the sixth plague. It's festering boils. It's like nastiness all over your skin. And once again, it's only on the Egyptians. Uh, but this plague is different from the previous plagues because finally, it's a direct attack on the people. You know, before, whether it was the Nile River or through animals or through... Uh, weather, whatever it may be, but now the bodies themselves are affecting them, the people, the Egyptians. You know, this is showing us what the consequences of sin actually are. It's a visual uh, portrayal of what sin actually does. You know, sin affects us in many, many different ways. It hurts us, but it also hurts people around us as well. And it kills us 
That's what sin is supposed to do. It breaks us away from God, who is our life source, and it kills us. It also hurts people around us as well. And if you allow sin to fester, then like the boils on the skin, it will fester and grow worse and worse and worse. Uh, Pharaoh's sin was so deep. The Egyptian sin was so deep that it was affecting everyone around us. And the only way that it wouldn't affect you is if you gave yourself over to God. If you belong to him, then sin has no effect at all. However, when we allow sin to control us, we refuse to give in and repent. When we are content living by our own ways and being just stubborn in the face of sin, then sin will affect us the same way that these boils will do. You know, God gives us chance after chance after chance to repent. God is giving Pharaoh chance after chance after chance. And yet Pharaoh continues to harden his heart, have his heart so hardened that he refuses to see what is literally right in front of him. You know, what is the status of your heart today? Is it hard like uh, Pharaoh's? Or is it one that's completely surrendering to God? Is sin taking over your life? Or are you continually repenting, living this life of repentance, hating sin, going against sin, fighting against it the best you can, and giving yourself over to the control of God? Which one is it? And I pray that everyone here today, uh, truly, through this word, whether we're looking at this livestock plagues or looking at this festering bulls uh, plague, that we're able to examine the contents of our hearts and be able to surrender totally to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus today. And not just say that I believe in Jesus, but have our whole lives reflect on it. Throughout this Exodus saga, uh, we see that sometimes Scripture tells us that Pharaoh hardened his heart, and sometimes, like today's passage, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So which one is it? Why are these, there are two different distinctions going on? In actuality, the answer is yes. It's actually both of them. You know, God gave Pharaoh chance after chance after chance, and yet Pharaoh refused and continued to have his heart hardened. So what does God do? He lets Pharaoh off to receive whatever he wants to receive. He puts his hand off of Pharaoh's life and allows that sin to take over. You know, that's what happens when we sin. You know, in today's passage, one of the most amazing things that we see is that God is in charge of all of it. You know, even though that the Israelites are still technically enslaved, you know, Pharaoh still has that level of control over them. In reality, Pharaoh has nothing. There is nothing Pharaoh could do to go against the will of God. Our God is that powerful. Our God is mighty. Our God is strong. And our God desires to save every one of us. Now today, let us be able to trust in that God and be able to give up our lives, give up our control. You know, don't hold on to it. You know, we are weak. You know, we are lacking in so many different ways. So let's give up our control to one that is truly powerful, truly all-knowing, and also truly loving every one of us. Let us all pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for giving us this message and once again showing us, Lord, how much you truly love us. You, know, you are the creator. You are a mighty God. And yet, out of your grace, out of your mercy, you chose to love us and you chose to save us. Lord, we pray that this faith that we have, 
uh, that's even a gift from you, Lord, that we are able to just grow in your spirit each day, uh, that we understand that we should not take any of this for granted, uh, but truly live lives uh, reflectant of faith in you. Lord, we believe in you, and we love you so much, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, lifting up all the stepping in closer. See you.